Welcome, everybody, to the Sign Kitchen, where we provide inspiration for innovation. Um, Steve and I were just talking about a machine shop and basically the next steps on one of the ideas we brought up last week about uh, partnering with machine shops. So, um, Steve, you were talking about this. Yeah, so there's a, what I've been kind of trying to do is put together some kind of a deal, either purchase a machine shop myself or just get into like some form of a partnership with a shop where mm -hmm. I can go in there, I can use the equipment, I can help them out with whatever work they're working on. But then as well as being able to do my own stuff, bring in my own parts, my own project. So I design something, I want to machine it, I want to make some prototypes well, instead of going on proto labs or, you know, some other, having some other machine shop, make it and paying a couple hundred dollars for prototypes. Mm -hmm. I go in there and run the machines, make my own parts. So with prototyping, super valuable. These machines now, like what I'll be kind of looking at is will probably be not production machines. So once you get up into like high production volumes, mm -hmm. it's hard to compete with a shop that's fully set up for production. Yeah. And, um, and it, that could get kind of boring anyway. So maybe I wouldn't <laughs> want to do that, but, um, but for prototyping and just for making short runs, uh, initial market testing for, and then even for just random little bits and pieces for myself, my dirt bike parts or mountain bike parts. And um, so that's, is my reasoning. I want to partner or buy a, a machine shop, but my current situation is I'm working a full-time job. I currently kind of plan on probably continuing that at least for, for the time being. Mm -hmm. And then I don't have a, a garage or any kind of a shop myself at home. So I, I don't have anywhere to put machines. If I were to buy them. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I, I don't have anywhere to put them. <laughs> My landlord wouldn't like it if I put them in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume I haven't asked him, but I would assume he would. <laughs> but your wife probably wouldn't mind after like enough convincing. <laughs> uh, if it, I don't know. I, I might have to buy her a new car or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah. So it's, and being that I'm working a full-time job is not really practical to go and rent out a, at least for me at this time. Now in the future, I, I would, uh, this may change, but going in and renting out, let's say a 2000 square foot shop space, putting in a couple of machines, you know, you're paying for the, for the leases or the, or the um, finance payments for the machines plus your your uh, real estate lease. In total, all of your overhead it adds up to be so much that that turns into a full time job. Like now, right? You you can't. I can't do that. Do working full time and then trying to go do that without yeah. working insane hours, which is totally possible. And some people do it. And right now, this thing you know point in my life i'm not i'm that's not what i'm looking for right so partnership yeah. kind of comes out to be the best fit or either that we're buying a, a machine shop let's say if i found a machine shop with smooth a you know, smaller shop not not huge like stress or management required i could run that while running while working full-time that was almost self-sustaining with its own um yeah, basically. Yeah. 
with the tone. Yeah, because what, what I was thinking, um, and you know, I was reading a couple articles on you know buying and starting a machine shop. And what it looks like to me is that unless you you don't unless you have like a set customer base or something to like give you money right off the bat, it seems to be a rather difficult um you know thing to kick off or even you know if you currently have one right now and work just slows down uh basically you could be stuck um two three months without any jobs coming in yeah spindles aren't turning you're not making money you're yeah you know it's it's a, it's a tough business for sure and it has high upfront costs and your competition is very high as well so you, there's a lot of competition out there there's you, you know a lot of machines you you get one three axis cnc into a shop and get it all tooled up and set up mm -hmm. if, if you buy a new machine you're a hundred thousand dollars into it before you know it yeah right? easy. And, and that's nothing that's nothing special so yeah. trying to do that as a startup and the problem is that just one machine isn't enough you need lots of inspection equipment you need other tools that kind of surround and support that saws um, you need your computer and your whole you know, any kind of technology stuff your software yeah. there's it's an incredibly difficult business to start up now it, mm -hmm. it can you know many businesses are now i'm not saying that this is unique to machining by, by any means a lot of businesses aren't very challenging mm -hmm. but, um, and there are ways to make it easier but yeah so and for me i've really wanted to own a machine shop or in some form for mm -hmm. a long time yeah. so that's uh it's a it's a process and a lot of times how a lot of shops actually end up starting is in their garage yeah so I've... somebody that takes the real estate so let's say like a, a three thousand dollar lease payment for a small space to get started. Now you have your garage. Well, you just have your garage. That takes that much of the burden off of you, which mm -hmm. is huge. It, it would be the difference between making it and shutting down. Yeah. No, I also think um, the way the way you approached it is probably the best way, because let's say you know somebody else has the same skill set that you have and they want to start their machine shop or they want to start a business um basically finding somebody that you can partner with and at that point now you're like basically another arm of their team uh free for them in in a sense because now you're bringing in work for the shop you know you're adding capabilities you're adding people and manpower um, you know, so it's a win. And I think that that's, you know, the best approach other than, you know, starting it in your own garage and trying to do it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And especially if it's more of an established shop mm -hmm. where the, the other person has already put in the time, like it's, they've got it going. And if you can provide, bring in some level of value mm -hmm. and that it, you know, of course, you can't just jump in and expect to be like a, an immediate partner and earning money yeah. in some sense. But you you're you bring your bring your own value, which for me 
mm-hmm. as a um, prior machinist, I've, I've worked in a machine shop for some number of years. So I can bring in value as in I'm going in, I'm going to help him make his parts. Yeah. Yeah. And take some burden as if I'm kind of an employee, but instead of, he don't have to hire me. I'm not an employee. I'm working through my own business as a, Contract would, on a on a contract of, of yeah you could, you could contract part ten ninety nine employee so yeah 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 because an, another thing too I've been noticing about the machine shop is that if you're strictly doing machining, um, I feel like you're not fully tapping into your money earning potential as if you were doing machining plus assembly plus a value added process so you like for example creating a product that you like you know you anodize you you assemble you do some kind of packaging and now you can sell it as like a product with all of the value added manufacturability to it um you know i i think at least for my logic in in it you know that's almost like a whole nother route where ideally you should be trying to push it into. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. So just, yeah, like you said, if, if you're only doing machining, well, you, you know, a lot of people do that, but they, they might have like some special customers, some kind of relationships and or long-term contracts, but yeah, by, by being able to provide, value add services in especially if you can do them all in-house mm-hmm. there's more potential for money for income and you know for myself what i'm really looking to do is my own products potentially yeah. you know other other people's products but then if i can do most of my own stuff in-house at least for the development phase of it mm-hmm. you know really there there might be some external companies that are big enough they just have the systems the processes everything in place that even even as compared to in-house you may not be able to compete with them so but yeah for develop the development portion when a product is in kind of an infancy state Mm -hmm. there's it would be it would be very difficult to beat that on an like by some vendor doing the work for you you know doing it in-house almost every time is going to be cheaper exactly because you could literally grab a piece of scrap and and you know turn it into your prototype yeah prototyping is expensive that is the expensive part is doing any form of prototyping um because with production stuff Mm -hmm. you might spend there might be like an initial cost let's call it ten thousand dollars but if you're making a million parts yeah ten thousand dollars gets spread Um, out over every one of those parts but now if you have three parts ten thousand dollars divided by your three parts is Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so talk about um prototyping being expensive i mean it could be as cheap as like uh uh, you know, two, three dollars squeegee and a, a piece of tape. <laughs> so, um, I know, I know you're, you're might be driving. I don't know if you got a brief glimpse of it when I send you yeah. pictures, but, um, this is kind of what I came up with very, very simply. 
And, you know, I thought it was cool because if you press the button, it would literally just spray right onto the knife edge and then you just wipe across, right? I was thinking, you know, you can, this is, this serves as like a handle, you know, you're, you're grabbing it. So eventually now my plan was I can have this piece um, basically mold around as like a, maybe like an open U. And that way the bottle would just slide right in and you can just pop this onto it as the squeegee. Um, maybe have some kind of vertical um, struts here to support it and give it some kind of structure so it doesn't bend. Um, but this seems like super simple. What's your take on it? Yeah, it's a really simple product. So it, it's, it would be, you just drop your your bottle in so the bottle is kind of like the replacement piece but the um the squeegee you just keep it and just so it's easy to refill and reload and it seems effective i mean it, it's super simple but it, it yeah i think it'll do its job what's up so it, and and that is not only for like i think the, the main application is for for the gym equipment. more for gym equipment right yeah but what about like tabletops what about in a in, in a restaurant yeah we were talking you know because nasty you see table. yeah mm -hmm. um it would it would it be exactly the same product or would it maybe be or it could be even be the exact same product one of them is gray one of them is green and you package them and advertise them separately as in two, two completely separate products, different names and everything on them. So, because if something is labeled as it can work in the gym, it can work on the, on your dinner table. And you're like, wait, wait, sweat <laughs> and dinner table. No, I, I don't want those things associated. But now if you make those separate products, mm -hmm. separate company, like company names, you know, doing business as you, you just do DBAs or something so that you can, well, different I, product, I, product names actually i but. think what you said originally with the um the different colors maybe have like a like a gray one or something you know that reminds you of the gym then have maybe like a like a blue or a green one that's like restaurant friendly and um you know mm -hmm. like we were mentioning or i think we were talking about this in the last one that I would want to have like a proprietary, like uh, eco-friendly fluid. So it's like this whole suite of uh, things that you're buying. Um, you know, so the label would literally, it would just be a sticker that would tape around here to here. And it would be a different color for whatever, um, you know, whatever product or whatever application. But that's a good point actually having, because you don't want like a gym you know, my gym scrubber used on, on kitchen tables or something. Or yeah. yeah. Especially if you own two of them and you, you know, okay. Yeah. I just finished working out and I, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it seems like because in a, in a restaurant, like, or eat, you know, they, they just take their little towel and whip it across the table a few times so and call it clean. And, and it's like, uh, that's not actually clean. I want to see you you know but but it needs to be fast that's the whole point that's why they're doing that they're, yeah, like, well, so they're in such a hurry they don't have time to spend their time scrubbing it but this thing could if you get it they basically get the table wet you know by spraying it mm -hmm. and then squeegee it off you know you got full good coverage and it should have killed everything any kind of germs or anything wiped off the sticky and 
And like one thing, I, one thing I could do is I could put a two surfaces and one of them scrub it with like a towel. And then the other one used it with the squeegee and put like a black light over it just to show the, just the, the biochemical remnants that are left. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you're using the towel. All you're doing is smearing everything around. Yeah. I mean, unless you're doing it properly, you, you can, using a towel properly is, will, is very effective, but yeah. Not the use in the restaurant, no. As, as far as yeah. this sign, what do you think of this? Um, can you, you have any feedback? You know, obviously I said like here, I would want to have like a built-in taper type of thing. Um, but I mean, this doesn't necessarily have to be like this because another alternative I was thinking to make it even more compact is if it was bent something like this where it was clipped here and now you're, you're spraying and swiping at the same time. And it, it's more compact. What's your take on, let's say, this versus the more open design like this? Oh, are you? Think you're muted for a little bit. But yeah. Um, well, while Steven's muted, um, I last week we also I talked about uh, putting together this planner slash like productivity life integration book. So I actually started working on that. I'm like maybe 50 to 60 pages in at this point. And it's pretty interesting because the way it's coming out, it's a way to um, basically maximize your your life experience or your life efficiency by being able to, you know, figure out what your goals are in the areas of your career, of um, the areas of your career, of your health, of your personal development and your relationships. And it kind of plays off the theory that, you know, in order to have fulfilling, um, what do you call that? Like fulfilling relationships, right? That would be the ultimate end goal well first you have to have your health in place because if your health's not in place then you can't have like the rest of your um life area so once you situate your health then the next is to build up your wealth your career whatever that may be um so that then you have the time and the leisure to spend on yourself and you know work on your personal development your spirituality or whatever it is so that then finally you can be your best self and meet someone who's, you know, also at that place in their life and ultimately, you know, integrate everything. So for example, like if you're into fitness, entrepreneurship and, um, you know, personal development, well, if you happen to find a girl that has those exact same interests, it makes your life one you know you have to do one third of the effort to accomplish those three things um so that's kind of the basic rundown or theory of that planner slash book but um i'm going to keep pumping away on that and it looks like steven came back on but then he's muted again yeah I, um had some bandwidth issues and then i it was no it, it, it muted me automatically when i was when i lost oh 
No, no, yeah, I, I just kind of filled in with, with one of the other ideas on that planner book that I was working on. But um, back to this one, I guess, did you, did you have any um, input on the direction of the blade itself or any other design inputs? I think that's, that should be, I'm trying, so I'm trying to think because it needs to be quick to just swap out like the cartridge or even like refillable it see, um, and then it's the same thing where you mount it because if you mount it here you do the same mm -hmm. opening at the top and you just put the the little taper here for support and you're basically scrubbing in this direction yeah. now you know and it's a, yeah you know this is like an ergon not or fully ergonomic but somewhat comfortable to yeah holding versus doing this which is the same thing but now you have you know more I, I saw you know you have more moment here to bend so you need more of the material um can you make it or maybe this is what you you intended is um so that it can be in both positions like the one the same product can be in either be kind of extended or more compact um is that possible the problem is that now you have moving parts where, you know, this would be almost be like a, like a clip, like a U that mm -hmm. it sits in, like a, where if you have it here, then it would have to have, you know, be sitting in, in this direct or be built with having like the, the support from here to here. You see what I mean? Okay. Yeah or the the champ not champ for um something in my mind but yeah i was just thinking this gives you more of a handle like type of feel right but then this gives you more of a very compact like you're not going to break it it's not going to take up space um, so yeah, so maybe you could do both, one of each, and um, so one throwing. If I was to throw one in my gym bag, I would want the more compact one. Yeah. But if I was working in the restaurant, I think I would want the the other one. I think I'd want it to be bigger, and more ergonomic would be more important to me in that case. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking it's going to be a completely different design, so that's two mm -hmm. completely different tools. Right. Yeah. So that. But to kick it off, let's say I was kicking one off. So if it was one or the other, I would say do the do the more com. I, I like the more like something that's more compact. Yeah, because if you're uh, working at a restaurant too, you know you got to slide it in your little apron thing or like mount it up on the wall, you know. Yeah. Like cut it shorter so it could stand up on its own. Because um, I could technically I could redesign this whole blade, and I don't know if I want to just you know, take something that's like stock and see if I can have it modified. That's going to be my first move, I guess. Um, I've also seen these other blades that are like more flexible. So I don't know if a softer blade might be better or whatnot, but I guess that's some testing in my part. But I mean, overall, what's you think this is something I should push into like a 3D printing phase? Yeah, it seems it seems like it would be worth it. Even if you did like a three D print the whole clip part of it and the like the the more solid plastic piece, and then slide 
find a piece of like rubber trim and just make sure that you can slide it into place so it's actually is fully Inter functional yeah because there, there's interchangeable ones because the other option mm -hmm. too would be you know to keep it fast would be just building like some kind of clip that i can attach this to but yeah. ultimately i guess if it's going to be something that's going to be plastic injection injected I mean, I would probably just plastic inject the whole thing out of a soft plastic and just keep that's what yeah, I think I think as a as a final product that would make more sense. Yeah, and, uh, I, don't, I don't need a two-part component for this. Hmm. Just the yeah, a total soft plastic. And then the label itself is gonna be the almost like the um I mean I could even have like a rugged label that has a clip on it, but then it has like the brand stuff or like a piece of rubber. Yeah, here. yeah, that could be actually for handle. I could just put like a rubber, um, sticky type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm gonna push this a little bit further. How are how are your projects? So I uh, I was getting some a little bit of design feedback from some people this uh, past week. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been integrating that into a design actually 3d printed i just got home so i'll be going in i'll see my final um or new kind of 3d printed version of it so it's it's coming along making more progress on just getting that the final fit and finish and all the uh, functions that i wanted to have mm -hmm. and uh got some useful kind of input but from other people but what the problem is it, it made it more challenging more challenging <laughs> to design so but it's useful, so it's uh, some a feature that like some features that I wanted to add to it, and uh, so, yeah, that's uh, well worth worth putting the time in now, so that it makes it a, a better product. So. Yeah, at the end, exactly. Um, yeah. Were you gonna jump on the video too right now? Or no, no, I won't. Uh, oh, okay, not a problem. Um, so I guess I had I had an idea too, right? Um, so obviously getting a spot at the gym, you know, sometimes you go and it's just empty. Other times you don't really want to ask anyone or you don't like how they spot. So I haven't really seen anything like this other than using like a Smith machine, but you know, you know, this, the way it's seatbelts work, where when you're pulling it slowly, it, 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 um, it moves, but then once you yank it, it, uh, locks yeah. So imagine that, that you can just kind of mount something right on the, on the bench and then it would maybe clip onto the bar. So when you're benching or like, let's say you're squatting, um, as soon as it, it notices a rapid decline, it just locks into place. Okay. Yeah. So like a safety feature that like a self-spotting yeah yeah because see you know you to keep it as simple as possible you know you can make it retracting as well but then you have to have a motor and something that's going to help you spot lift it back up but i was thinking you know keeping it as simple as possible if it's literally just something that's going to stop the like a little clip on the bar attached to like maybe the top of the you know, where, where you rack the, the, the bar and it basically would just, um, freeze in place. Yeah. 
I guess what 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 do you think the usefulness of that at the gym would be? Um, I I do think it's like especially benching when you're benching on your own if you've got heavy weights, mm-hmm. but typically the speed by the time you need that thing you're already being kind of squished and you you might be already pinned, <laughs> but yeah so i don't know i'm trying to think of a way to make that work but like you said you, you don't want to like retracting now makes turns it into a machine where you have a motor and mm-hmm. and if you did go that route i would say put something so that you wrap it around the bar and you hold your thumb on it you hold your thumb on a button i thought if you <laughs> if you let go of the button it goes up oh okay okay so like if you release the button not if you press it but because you know, when you're squeezing the bar, when you're putting mm-hmm. your force into it, that's when you want it to be like the, the button's engaged and everything's okay. This is going good. Mm-hmm. But when you're, when you're in trouble, you can just let go and you know, you're safe. Gotcha. Almost like a lockout um, feature. Yeah. Tag or whatever it's called. Um, yeah. That's actually a good point. Cause in the past I was thinking about it and I'm like, why why isn't there something on this like like a smith machine or like on the squat rack that's like already built in where they have like a pulley system on the sides and it like uh spots you you know i'm like why doesn't that exist but yeah and my my logic was if it was something similar where if you have a little button that you can make it go up or you can make it go down but i think the way you said it where it would just automatically very slowly start to lift it um if you let go of the button that way you take off a lot of the thinking yeah yeah that that would be kind of hard because i feel like you would need some powerful batteries to run some like high torque motors to do that yeah if it was battery powered you would um and it would just be a very but it it would have it it would be really slow so it wouldn't have to be a super high torque motor because you'd just be gearing that torque seat down yeah, yeah. Or, you know, it gives you that, the the force that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'd, you'd want to make it so it's plugged in, but then there's cords. Yeah. And cords running across the gym. That would be <laughs> such a great thing. Because yeah. um, there, there's always a mechanical version of it where if you have it like that and the button is somehow linked to the upper device where when you let it go, it just locks, but it doesn't really yeah. help you get it up. So now it's no longer based on the momentum or torque of, of it moving, but now it's based on you releasing the button. Yeah. So that way, yeah, that would be a more a simpler, just a mechanical application. It doesn't raise it, but it, yeah, at least it doesn't crush you further. <laughs> yeah. At least it's- I mean, that, that'd be an interesting thing i just i feel i guess a lot of the times you know you don't really need a spot unless you're like really maxing out you know or else that means you don't like know your body or something if you every time you're like oh i ran out of strength i didn't know i couldn't do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah did you have any ideas for this this week any new ideas no new ideas. My brain has been consumed by my current ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been working so much on or this whole last week on that book, but I got I got pretty far. I mean, I'm pretty happy with with the amount of uh, 
of of stuff I got on paper, like planning. I sent I sent you a little draft. Yeah. Cool. But um, yeah, if any of you guys want to check out that draft that I made or or anything else, um, or have any questions for us, reach out at uh designkitchen.org. And um, you know, we look forward to talking to everyone next week and uh have a great week, everyone. Yeah, thank you. See you.